When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at LMFM.ie Friday morning, uh, the 24th of uh, January. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. It is nice to be with you this morning. Hopefully I'll be with you next Friday morning as well and uh, the Friday after and every Friday morning until I die. That's in uh, the same way that you might have to go to work every morning until the day that you die. Or to put that another way, you might be dead before you're old enough to qualify for the pension. The pension age has become uh, the one that caught them out and one of uh, the big issues in uh, the general election campaign. Philip Ryan is uh, the political editor of uh, the Irish Independent. He's been writing about this extensively and he joins us now. And a very good morning to you, Philip, and thanks for taking the time to be with us on the programme this morning. We'll talk about pensions in a moment, but the two big parts Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are launching their election manifestos uh, today uh, and indeed all of the party leaders will be in Drogheda tomorrow when crime will top the agenda. Yes, uh, so we're a week and a half into the campaign and finally we're going to see what exactly it is the two main parties are, are offering us and then there'll be two weeks to, to go through all that. We can see that there, there's a lot of the promises have been out there already. You've seen things from Fianna Fáil around new SSIA funds and promises around childcare uh, there's this, we have a story today in the Irish Independent about a new scheme that Fine Gael are offering, which will which will allow people buy rural sites in small towns at, at, at knockdown prices, and that's encouraged people into the towns. And then there'll be a lot of promises around um, the, the pension rate rather than the pension age. So everybody's promising to put money up you know, on the rate itself, even if you can't get it until you're 68 or 70, probably by the time any of us get to, get there in the future. And um, and then yet ahead of tomorrow, that that's that was big news. I, I know um, you had the Taoiseach on yourself last week, and he struggled to commit to, to attending the event and draw it. But it now seems that that everybody's signed up, and it, it'll be a real show of force against the, the gangs. Yeah, well, I think there'll be a big turnout and uh, certainly a, a non-political event, uh, which is going to be ironic in itself because uh, it'll be very handy for the media to have all of the party leaders in one location on at the same time at what is a non-political event. We could have another debate up there in Drogheda if mm. we needed to. Yeah. Um, and look, the drugs was to the, was one of the main issues that was brought up in the debate the other night as well. And I think it was interesting. You probably appreciate it yourself mm. the, the way the question was asked by Pat Kenny. He, he built it up very well by discussing the, the feud in Drogheda and then discussing how the, these gangs are actually being funded by recreational drug use and, and then of course throwing it at the Mr. Martin who, who was able to firmly say that he'd, he'd never t- taken drugs mm-hmm. in his life but Leo Radker himself struggled with the question and we eventually have been told I think yesterday he, he admitted to smoking some cannabis when he was younger uh, but said no other drugs but mm-hmm. it, it, it just shows that it, it has become a real campaign issue the, the issue around crime the, the horrific stuff we've seen over the last couple of weeks 
uh, a lot of it focused on Drogheda and the feud up there. He's been on dodgy ground since that question, hasn't he? Because uh, he did uh, clarify that he didn't take cocaine or ecstasy and then he said it was just cannabis and then he said, I don't want to talk any more about it. And then he said, well, I've grown old enough to realise that it's connected to the gangs and the violence Mm. and the problems. Uh, But does he not remember the Duns or the Gilligans or the Kinnahans or the Hutches? Well, this is it. He was definitely there. Was definitely gangs being bringing the, the drugs into the country when he was smoking marijuana. What did he say? Twenty odd years ago, is it when he was in college? Um, it, it isn't brought in legally through wholesale uh, distributors or anything like that. So any drugs you, you take, anyone who's listening. Yeah. Well, Veronica Guerin was shot in 1996. Exactly, and it was and it was um, John Gilligan when he was finally mm-hmm. locked up was on a, on um, to do with a marijuana shipment mm-hmm. in itself, a cannabis shipment that he was caught with. So it it it, it is uh, it is using these drugs is definitely funding funding the gangs from all decades. Okay, but I, I think having said that, uh, everybody is appalled at uh, the level of violence, uh, and uh, I think uh, that there will be a lot of people who will stand by uh, the party leaders uh, in a, a non-partisan way uh, tomorrow, and undoubtedly there'll be a lot of attention on that issue as a, a result. As you say, the two main parties are, are going to publish uh, their manifestos uh, today, and there's a, a lot of aspiration in general election manifestos, uh, but do they really matter? Whilst uh, they may be full of good intentions, they're not always followed through on, are they? I mean, I don't know how many times journalists have asked politicians, well, you promised this in your general election manifesto and you never delivered it. Well, maybe if people were considering casting their vote ahead of next, uh, on, on February 8th, maybe the better thing to do would be actually to get Fianna Gael, Sinn Féin's and Fianna Fáil's manifestos from the last election and see how much, well, especially Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil who were, who were in government of sorts together. Um, and see how much that they actually delivered on that. And that will give you an indication. Ed, a lot of the stuff is very ambitious. Um, we saw again the other night, Micheál Martin taking Leo Radford to task for mm. promising uh, under eight or under free GP care for all children under 18. Now he's got it as far as under sixes at present and um, we're told that it's going to be soon signed into law for under 11s. Um, but again, that promise has been made. So uh, again, again, to bring up the tension again, um, there was promises, I think, um, from memory, Fianna Fáil were promising to increase it by €30 Euros over the lifetime of the government. Fianna Fáil uh, promised to increase it by 25 mm. over the lifetime of the, the government that's just been dissolved. And, you know, I think it went up, uh, was it €15 Euros overall? Mm-hmm. And, and even w- when that was brought up, it wasn't brought in for the full year. You were getting it for three quarters of the year or so. Yeah. So uh, again... And I suppose you could look at the record of uh, the parties. Fine Gael is pointing out how Fianna Fáil wrecked the economy. And there's a, a lot of truth in that, of course. Uh, but uh, if you look at the manifestos uh, before that uh, took place, and you go back to 2007, the general election of 2007, and what Fine Gael was spending, because now they're accusing Fianna Fáil of reckless spending. Back in 2007, they were saying, spend more, far more. Give every child give every child a, a laptop. And I think they were promising yeah. uh, 300 euro or something the pensioners. Yeah, like this, this is the thing. It, it it always is a race to the bottom, really, with these manifestos and mm. and it, what what is being put on the table. It, it's it's a lot of one upmanship as well that, that they're trying to get out ahead of each other. You saw, as, like, take for example the, this new SSIA account that, that Fianna Fáil are offering, um, which they say will work uh, alongside uh, the Help to Buy scheme. 
and then Fianna Gael swoop in there and, and say they're going to increase the, the, the health device team up to 30 grand to, to, in an attempt, I suppose, because I'm seeing a fall on their promise mm. to give money back. Um, but, but, but this is it. It's, it's the, the gamesmanship of it all that, 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 are, that are out there because there is, uh, as many people have pointed out, not a huge ideological difference between either of the parties. So it's more about what are they dangling in front of voters to get them to get mm. them into the ballot box and put the, the numbers beside their name. Yeah, and God knows you've been reporting uh, on this uh, for many years, uh, writing about it for years, and you'll probably still be reporting on it when you're 78. Possibly. <laughs> so this is the thing. And the, the, the pension issue mm. that, that has come up this week, it, it shouldn't surprise any of the parties, really. It's something that's been knocking around for a long time for, mm. since then. Um, since the, the Troika asked uh, the government to do it, I think it was when it was eventually signed in, it might have been Fianna Gael and Labour there, but it was something that was agreed by the Fianna Fáil parties, was to increase this pension age, initially from 65 to 66, then to 67 next year, this mm. is what's causing their problem, and then in a few more years' time, putting that up to 68 again. So so where do we stop, um, is what most people, I think, would be thinking. And this is kind of, something this issue is kind of getting lost on, is that it, it is specifically an issue affecting older people, but it's not. So this, is, this is something that it affects everybody who's working at the moment and anybody who's paying their contributions or PRSI contributions towards a, pen, a state pension because this is your money. You're only getting it back. And Fianna Gael and, and Fianna Fáil as well or whoever is, is promising that to, or who will allow it go up is pushing that further away and is making your contributions worthless essentially for, for the work you're doing. And with, with the, the other point to, I think is worth making on this side of things as well is that anyone who's working these days is working for far less than the people, their predecessors or their parents. I think that it's one thing that I, they say about the current generation of people, I'm not sure if it's ZY or X, whatever we're talking about, is that that, that it, it was always a case that you would you would earn more money than your parents or you would be able to gain more and have more opportunities. But that, that's kind of, that's come to an end since 2008. And people are working for worse conditions for less money and and they have less they can the less to aspire to around home ownership and and these type of things, but yet they are being asked to work for longer and their contributions to to be worth less. All right, and uh, I think it was on Wednesday you were reporting on uh, what was seventeen TDs. I think some more have uh, decided to retire, but seventeen TDs mm. retiring uh, who will share a pension pot worth twenty two million euro. Well, this is it. They're, the, the pensions that the, the TDs are entitled to. They vary, uh, depending when you when you started your when you started work. Like let's say, take the Thomas to Simon Coveney. He ha- he isn't retiring. Let's say, but he he could retire at fifty years old with a full pension, uh, seventy seventy odd grand a year uh, of an annual payment. Uh, but then the the people like uh, Andy Kenny, Michael Noonan, Jerry Adams, uh, local TD there. Obviously, he's he was only in the doll. What was it? Nine years. So he hasn't built up a massive massive pension compared to some of his. Uh, his colleagues in there, but um, still entitled to quite a healthy, I think, about uh, 20 grand a year from from the state mm. for the rest of his life. Uh, a pot that's worth 686,592 all told. If you were to go into, if uh, yeah. Jerry Adams was to go into a, uh, a local in, uh, pension company and say, I want a pension of 20 grand a year, they go, okay, that's very nice, Mr. Adams, now we need 600 grand from you. And that, that's how we got that calculation. That's a, a lot of money. Uh, and of course, uh, he'll get a, a pension from Westminster and from Stormont, I take it, as well. Well, that's it. He, he, I don't think he'll want for much over the coming years. 
Okay, people uh, are are looking at uh, this uh, in uh, their own context and asking how is it that politicians can uh, enjoy uh, such gold-plated pensions uh, when ordinary private sector workers at least uh, don't enjoy the same type of uh, benefits uh, and uh, politicians uh, can retire far earlier as you said Philip uh, than ordinary people can uh, and uh, the parties have been struggling to come up with a solution to all of it. Yeah I I suppose one thing we should point out on the pensions that the CDs and ministers get is that they do make uh, they do make contributions themselves they're not just getting them for nothing and unlike ourselves, we don't have to go before the electorate every four or five years mm. asking to keep our jobs. So it, it is perilous in its nature. Being a politician, you are taking risks. Um, but the Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are struggling to, to to deal with this issue. They've been backed into a corner on the pension age by Sinn Féin, who are promising to bring it down to 65, mm. and the Labour Party, who are, who are promising to stop it increasing further. Now, we are hearing all sorts of things about transitional payments, which are going to be paid to people who have been forced to retire at 65 and can't receive their pension until next year, 67. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're being asked to go on the dole, um, having worked 50 years, all their, or 45, 50 years, whatever they've done, and then being asked to prove that they're looking for work still to re- receive their jobs, job seekers payment. Okay. So as far as I can tell, Fianna Fáil are saying that they will introduce a transitional payment which will match the state pension for these people. Is that um, not the state um, pension? <laughs> this is what I've asked them. I asked this very question at yeah. a, a press conference the other day and yeah. I, I, I can tell you I got no answer I or what kind, kind of savings anybody's making by doing this. Or yeah. uh, Presumably it's the same bill overall that, that we're going to be faced with. But the difference is, sorry, just, just briefly, mm-hmm. is that Fianna, Ga- Fianna Fáil will bring the payment in for 65 and Fianna Gael will only do it until we'll introduce it for people from 66 to 67. Okay. We'll leave it there for the moment, Philip. Many thanks uh, for joining us here on the programme this morning. Philip Bryan, Deputy Political Editor with uh, the Irish Independent. Michael Reed on LMFM. On Tuesday uh, this week, the 21st of January, a statement was issued on behalf of uh, the Interagency Committee on Money More, which met the previous Friday and announced uh, that the committee had agreed to increase the monitoring and implementation of actions identified based on the concerns of local residents. The Chief Executive Officer of Louth County Council, Joan Martin has been telling me more. Well, yeah, we uh, issued a press release last Friday. We'd held a meeting which had already been arranged prior to the terrible events that we've had in the last week or two. And I suppose they're not necessarily new measures. Um, Back when all the trouble started uh, at the beginning of of 2019, I realised very quickly that this problem was of of such a magnitude that it needed a multi-agency response one agency, one council, one Garda on their own couldn't deal with all the aspects. So that's why the interagency group was set up that I chair and it met on Friday and our press release that we issued that you're referring to there sets out some of the things that we have been doing. But this is not a quick fix problem. We're trying to deal with stuff we can do now. But like this is something that will need a response on the scale of Limerick, a multi-agency a uh, multi-annual response over a long period of time. Okay, tell me a little bit about the CCTV and money more, please. Uh, it's uh, an estate yeah. uh, that is very much affiliated with uh, this feud. When were the cameras first installed? Well, the cameras go way back. The cameras go way back, I think, to the 90s under what was called the RAPID programme. And that was a, a, a programme all over Ireland that dealt with... Uh, 
more deprived areas and housing estates that needed additional help. But in recent years, they've been effectively dummies. When did monitoring of uh, the cameras stop? Well, I suppose when the RAPID programme was very active, that uh, uh, programme across the country, there was staff employed full-time on the programme. And then over the years and during the recession and changing Mm. priorities at a national level, that staffing uh, ended. Now, some of the cameras still work, but obviously they're quite old and the quality of the photographs... When did monitoring of the cameras stop, Joan Merton? Uh, Well, we never monitor them on a minute-by-minute. We record... No, but you don't monitor them now at all. When did that stop? Um, It should be a number of years ago now. It could be... And why was that? Because the programme ended. Okay, It's about five years ago, if I remember correctly. It could be. It could even be a bit more than that. And why are you deciding now to restore this service to the community? Well, obviously, when we met as a, as a multi-agency group, we talked about the, the, the problem and the situation and the Gardaí briefed us. And we talked, we met the community, as I think we, we said in our press release, mm. in Moneymore at the time, who were the worst affected at that moment in time. And we talked about what the priorities were. And for the Gardaí, there were two priorities, I suppose. One was the public lighting in Moneymore, which we did mm. replace. Um, and the second is the CCTV. Okay, so the CCTV just... acts both as a deterrent, yes, and as a, a reassurance for community, and then as as evidence and so on for okay. the Gardaí. So a very important services that you stop providing uh, because you say the rapid funding ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why have you decided to restore it? As I say, because this was identified at our very first meeting as a key priority. Okay, but uh, is there not a problem with who is and who is not the data controller? Are you the data controller? Oh, Louth County—they will be Louth County Council's camera with our with us as official data controller. Absolutely. Okay, yes. but you did have a, a problem with that position previously, did you not? Well, not really. I mean, there's there's various options because you have the town centre cameras that operate in various thought, towns uh, around uh, Ireland I, I and the Gardaí are the I, data. I thought, I thought you did have a, a, a problem with it and you said that you couldn't be the data controller or wouldn't be the data controller and that that was, in fact, the reason why you wouldn't monitor what was happening in uh, the Moneymore housing estate. Well, I, I suppose that I, um, I, I might have felt that the Gardaí being the data controller in so, the circumstances... So, 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 so it is correct to say that the reason the monitoring stopped is that you didn't want to be the data oh, controller. No, no, now, no. Was it, was it communicated, no, 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 that's not correct. Was it, commu- was it communicated to you that you needed to change that position by any other state agency? Oh, no, I don't really understand what you're getting at. Well, what I'm getting at... I I'll mean, spe- we have discussed... I'll spe- I'll spe- well, out- if, I may, if I might explain the position well, to well, you, well, you We have said, discussed said, over well, a period well, of time... I don't know what you're explaining because you said you didn't understand the question. I'll explain the question. No, the, I didn't understand uh, okay, what you were trying to get at. Okay, well, I'll, I'll explain it to you. Last month, it was raised in the Dáil that local authorities such as Louth County Council were not drawing down on funding that was available to them for the monitoring of CCTV. The Taoiseach said that he believed that there was a problem with some local authorities like yourself who had a question over who is and who is not the data controller and he would have his office look at it. Now, I'm asking you, were you communicated with by the Taoiseach's office or any no, other state agency no, to, I, I, to, to highlight how you were failing the people of Drogheda? No, Mike, I, I didn't raise anything in the doll. I didn't It ask was raised anybody. by Declan Bronick. The Taoiseach I, I said he would have yeah, look at it. I didn't ask anybody to raise anything in the doll. I didn't speak to Declan Bronick about No, of Brannock course you didn't. Declan Bronick had a complaint about you and your officials said you were oh. not monitoring money more cameras yes. uh, and the Taoiseach said he would look at it and he would have his people look at it I'm asking yeah, no, you did you no, did, did absolutely you? not 
over, if, if I could explain to you, mm. over the period of our discussions with the Gardaí and the other agencies, we had discussed on a number of occasions the priorities, mm. one of which was CCTV and where what estates were the key priorities mm. at this point in time for that. We had also discussed well, over a little, the period a, a of time... Well, it's a the time, is it not? I, I we mean, had discussed over a period of time who might be data controller. And, I mean, I would have felt mm. that perhaps the Gardaí might be uh, more appropriate in the circumstances with all the criminal activity. Yeah, well, but it's it, a little bit the past end, the time. Between ourselves to, and the Gardaí, In fairness to the people decided, at Money More who have been complaining about this for years, it's a little bit past the time with respect to you. I was talking on the programme yesterday about installing smoke alarms into a house. Do you do that or do you wait for the fire brigade to come when the house is burnt down? What Loud County Council did was it actually installed the smoke alarms, but it took the batteries out and the fire brigade has to come now because the house has burnt down. I don't know about the incident you're referring to at all, Mike. If I could get back to the CCTV... I'm not talking about an incident. I'm saying that you didn't monitor the cameras. It's like not putting batteries in a smoke alarm. You didn't watch what was going on. You allowed the situation to lapse. Mike, if you're you're going down the road that has been gone down by uh, other groups who have written to the media suggesting in one case, I have to say I took grave exception to, suggesting that the violence in Drogheda is being caused by a lack of a development plan and a lack of infrastructure. The violence in Drogheda and the problem in Drogheda is not down to whether there are cameras or are not cameras. It's down to the criminal activity and the the drug trade and the cocaine. Sorry if I may finish. And the cameras... That we, are, that we are going to install as soon as we can, the cameras will, will, will act as something of a deterrent yeah. and will, act, will give some assistance, but they are a tiny, tiny part of the response that is needed yeah. to deal with this terrible problem and terrible issue and to be trivialising it or, oh, or, no, to, be, hold on or to be condensed hold right, to be do condensing not, it do down, not, if I do, might finish. No, no, if no. If I might finish. Not, not if you're going to, to say we're... Not, not if, you're, no, you may not finish if you're going to say we're trivialising it, because it's but quite the opposite. to be condensing it down... No, please, 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 please. To be please, suggesting please, that CCTV please, cameras Joan Martin, are the key to I'm everything. I'm asking you to retract what you have just said, which is to accuse me of trivialising something that is affecting everybody listening to us this morning. Please take that back. I'm asking you to retract no, what you I mean, said this about is ridiculous. Me. This is you. You will not let me finish my point. No, because you have accused me of trivialising an I, issue. Okay, that, I withdraw anything you want me to withdraw. Okay, great. Okay, is that all right? And yes, I apologise if you take it that I, way. And, and I will. But what be, I'm trying, what I'm trying to say, if I might finish, yes, okay. what I'm trying to say is for one group to be suggesting that the lack of a development plan and the lack of infrastructure, and someone else to be suggesting that the CCTV cameras are the key to dealing with this terrible problem, is 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 wrong. This is, an, this is an issue that will not be dealt with swiftly. If you look at the Limerick mm. situation, the task force was given mm. hundreds of millions to deal with the problem in a multifaceted, multi-agency way over very many years. And that is also what is required in Drogheda. All the CC can, CCTV can contribute to is perhaps helping to alleviate the understandable and terrible anxiety of the community. It can perhaps uh, deter some of the criminals, though when you look at the kind of activity that's going on, where someone is shot on the main street in the middle of the day, it's hard to know if they would ever be deterred. And it may assist the Gardaí if, a, if an incident is, is captured on CCTV. Okay. 
But it is not the answer. Okay. And it is not all that I want to do or all that the other agencies want to okay. do. But we are doing our very best okay. and we'll continue. And we are, we share the, okay. the community's concerns okay. and I, everybody's concerns. I, I, I think a, a lot of people from a lot of different groups, in fact, and most people I would imagine would think that uh, the idea that this is some conspiracy theory is simply wrong because an awful lot of people have been asking, why are the cameras on, not on? Why are they not being monitored? Uh, and why is it that we're allowing this problem to develop and worsen to the extent that it has become. And it is quite coincidental, I imagine, that this was raised in the Dáil a month ago. The government said they would speak to local authorities such as Louth County Council and a month later, Louth County Council has announced that it's going to restore the camera service. Now, tomorrow there is a a big rally. Will you stand with the people of Drogheda? I I have always stood with the people of Drogheda. I have been a public servant for 43 years, Mike. I have worked for Louth County Council for 40 years. My entire life is about serving the people of County Louth, including the people of Drogheda. If I didn't care about it so passionately, I would not have brought that task force together and I would not be having meetings and working with those people with almost no resources, financial or otherwise, to try and see what we can do. And we greatly mm. welcome the um, announcement by the Taoiseach that he will form a task force when a new government comes in. And what is because the County Council's involvement in tomorrow's rally? Well, the rally was called by the mayor. So, I mean, the mayor is, is a councillor. So that's, um, it, it's, it's the mayor that has called that rally. But it is a civic gathering. It'll be attended by the Taoiseach and all of the main party leaders. Uh, and surely uh, Louth County Council uh, would, under normal circumstances, welcome uh, such uh, important people to the town. Well, the Taoiseach often visits Drogheda. The Taoiseach was in Drogheda last Friday, and the first I saw of it was I read it on the on the on the radio on the television on, on RTE's website. Okay. So I mean, it is not uh, always the case that when politicians visit a town, that officials okay. or indeed politicians, because I uh, w- would meet them. It, okay. it depends on the circumstances okay. and the event. Okay, well, I think thousands of people are going to make their mm. views known tomorrow. Uh, is Lads County Council supporting in a, a monetary sense? Is there any budget to facilitate this? Well, I, I haven't been asked for any budget. I, I believe the mayor asked for some barriers um, to to. To, to deal with some of the, you know, are you, crowd are, control. Are, are, are you assisting the mayor in, in organising this? Have you got people working on it uh, to make it happen? Because uh, this is uh, what, obviously, thousands of people want to do tomorrow, which is to make this statement. Are, are you working with them? Well, I spoke to the mayor yesterday evening about it. Uh, so, I mean, if the mayor, the, the mayor, the mayor would have spoken to members of staff here about it and got advice and so on. Okay. Uh, undoubtedly, there'll be some disruption in Drogheda tomorrow. Can you tell us about road closures or, or what people can expect? Well, the traffic management for an event like tomorrow is really a matter for the Gardaí. So um, that's really this the Gardaí that will decide how traffic is managed during an event like that. Okay, but we don't know uh, which roads will be closed at this stage, is it? Well, I, I, I don't. Um, okay. I, I, I don't. I would imagine West Street will be closed for some period of time. Okay. okay. Uh, and as uh, the Chief Executive of Louth County Council, can you tell us if that information will be made available through your website or um, will you have any involvement in that? Well, I will try and find out what exactly is happening. And if we, if we have information, certainly we'll put it on the website and on our Twitter account okay. uh, later this morning. Okay. Well, look, thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning. All right. That's the Chief Executive Officer of Louth County Council, Joan Martin, speaking to me before we came on air today. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. 
Now to another of our one-to-one getting to know you general election candidate interviews. Shane Castles is a TD and a candidate for Fianna Fáil in Meath West and he joins us on uh, the telephone this morning. Good morning to you, Shane Castles and uh, thanks morning, uh, for joining us here on the programme uh, this morning. Tell us uh, if you would uh, to begin with why people should vote Shane Castles number one. Uh, good morning, Mike, and, and good morning to all your listeners. And I think just before I came on, I was just reflecting, I think this is my, my ninth election in total over the, the last uh, number of years between local and national, my seventh debating with yourself. So time goes by very quickly. But this election, like everyone that you face, is the most important. And I think the issues that are uh, coming up in this particular election are a lot more varied, uh, complex and reflective of the society uh, that we're living in Ireland now, far more so than when I started out as a 21-year-old running for the council in 1999, uh, where it was very much more straightforward uh, and really an ordinary society. Uh, the issues uh, afflicting our society now in so many areas um, are a lot more complex. And you will always have the issues, I suppose, of the big ticket items, such as health and housing mm. uh, that any government will face. But I think the one in particular that has come to the fore uh, since the election was called has been that of crime. And I think the fact that, of course, that we're living in an area... Um, which has been impacted by the, the grotesque violence of, of recent weeks and, I suppose, articulated by you and the show and bringing it into people's homes. And people are listening to the, 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 to the ordinary uh, testimony and witness of ordinary people on the streets in Drogheda. That's coming across on the houses in, uh, in Meath as well, mm. and not just in the urban areas, but in the rural areas as well. I suppose that's the, the, the debate that's happening on the show is giving voice all sort of what's happening behind closed doors in terms of that fear. Why is it such a problem, do you think? I, I mean, we were just discussing it a few moments ago uh, as to whether CCTV, uh, if it had been turned on or monitored, would have helped to stop some of the problems. Uh, it wasn't turned on. Uh, one argument was uh, that it, it wouldn't have had any impact. The other was that, well, it might have. Uh, but do you think that uh, this is just the way people have developed, uh, that young people are taking drugs and there's nothing you can do to stop them? Or is it that we just haven't tried to stop it? Okay, I suppose there's two elements there. I think the CCTV um, presence, which does have to be ramped up across the country, does make an impact. And we saw uh, in my own hometown of Navin, where we introduced it 10 years ago, it did have and does have an impact in terms of uh, violent crimes in the middle of our, uh, of our towns. But of course, what's happening is there's a whole subversive element uh, and on, a, on a far larger uh, scale uh, that are operating in these uh, drug gangs that are operating in their belief, beyond the law. And when you have the grotesque violence that has happened, mm. many people believe that, yes, these guys are beyond the law. So it is going to take intervention of a massive scale, not just from in terms of policing resources that needs to be afforded to the Gardaí, which have, uh, and I know in my own particular area, we have the lowest number of Gardaí, bar none in the country per capita, but also on a legislative basis as well, uh, to tackle... Uh, those who think they're beyond the law. And I suppose the, the show of strength that will be by, displayed in, in Drogheda tomorrow is the people saying we've had enough. And it's up to the political classes then uh, to match the, the sheer frustration, mm. anxiety and fear of people living in their towns, whether it be Drogheda, Navin or any other place. If, in, it's, in because the of, if it's because of a, a lack of Gardaí, because uh, the country is under policed, is that not the legacy of the previous Fianna Fáil governments who stopped recruiting Gardaí? 
Well, I think what's the challenge, Michael, is the coming years, not, not, not what has happened in the last past when recruitment was back on. And what happens as well is not just the recruitment, but where they're dispersed. Many people that will be listening to your show will have uh, rural guard stations that aren't in operation anymore or on a part-time basis. And anyone in our spokesperson on drugs is John Curran. And when we discuss this issue, when we look at the stats away from the kind of the, 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 the kind of headlines uh, that grab people's attention, it's, it's infiltrating many, many rural areas as well. This is not just an issue for the big towns. It's actually, its tentacles are in all the rural uh, villages as well. And so the actual um, the response to it is going to have to be a lot more uh, than just trying to, say, deploy guards to, to the big areas. We need to stamp these guys out of sort, but we also need to stop the dealing that's happening in little rural towns and villages right across the northeast as well. All right, uh, but what responsibility does Fianna Fáil take in all of this? Uh, because Fine Gael would argue that Fianna Fáil destroyed the country and people will argue that Fianna Fáil supported Fine Gael trying to put it right. Yeah, there's, there's not a whole lot in terms of policy coming forward from Fine Gael when the whole mantra for the last um, 12 days of the campaign has just been trying to say that Fianna Fáil uh, ruin the country and that they have nothing uh, now to offer themselves on a legacy of nine years of inaction, whether it be on housing, on health, on crime, on transport in my own constituency where RTE covered last night, the fact that again we don't have um, the largest town in the northeast without rail connectivity to Dublin and people leaving now at half yeah, five you, in the you, morning you, and tells... You heard Regina Doherty say that the money wasn't there because of what Fianna Fáil did to the country. Yeah, Regina must be getting magnesia because in January 2011, I stood in the Solstice Arts Centre, which was where the uh, show was filmed last night, where the CEO of, our, CEO of Irish Rail stood with us and other public representatives ready to lodge and had uh, shown where the money would have been available to actually project that to phase two. And Fine Gael, when they came to power later that month, reprioritised and splashed that project. Mm. That was ready to go in January 2011. Their priorities lay elsewhere. My priority lies for uh, delivering that railway line. And I have pursued that relentlessly uh, when I have been on the Public Accounts Committee with both the Department of Transport and also the NTA with a rubbish report that said the line wasn't viable. So when you've got a department and uh, a National Transport Authority that are working collaboratively and we've had the worst transport minister in, since God was a gossip in, in Shane Ross mm. who has destroyed both urban and rural Ireland. It's time for that man to go, hopefully, and that we actually try to reprioritize. Well, what about Noel Dempsey, the Fianna Fáil minister? Uh, he oversaw the construction of uh, the M3 and uh, the profits uh, that the toll operators will enjoy forevermore. And why do you want uh, a rail line coming into Navan to ferry people to work in Dublin? Can a Fianna Fáil government not deliver jobs in Navan? Yeah, and, and you've raised two points there. One, you've, you mentioned Noel Dempsey, who actually did deliver the first, fail, the first phase of the rail line from uh, Dublin to Dunboyne to the M3 Parkway. And as I said... But he, he had promised... Just let me he finish. Had, well, he had promised that it would be to Navin and it only went to Dunboyne. That, that was ready to go to rail order stage, which is the equivalent to planning stage, in January 2011, before it was scrapped by the new uh, Fine Gael, uh, government that came to power uh, later that spring. In terms of the actual... So, uh, the so Fine, Gael managed, Fine Gael managed to scrap it <laughs> before they were in government? No, after they came to power, Mike. And I thought you said it was scrapped in January. And, no, and, and my like, recollection no. of it is that it was scrapped by the Fianna Fáil government. Am I wrong? No. No, you are wrong. Yes, no, okay, it wasn't okay, scrapped by the okay. Fianna Fáil government. In January 2011, I stood in the Solstice Arts Centre with the CEO of Irish Rail and officials from the Department of Transport who actually had that project ready to go to rail order stage in January 2011 when Fine Gael re- uh, 
prioritised all of those projects later in 2011, they shelved that and it has been shelved ever more. And what's worse is it's been compounded by their National Transport Authority who keeps saying that the line is inviolable. Michael, you know from going around whether it be Navan or Dinshockland, which is exploding as well, mm. and which would be another stop on this particular line, that if we don't uh, see this investment in public transport in this area, as highlighted by the show, as experienced by me mm. and some tens of thousands of other, the actual um, the road networks into Dublin simply can't cope for well, it that, anymore. Well, well that uh, speaks volumes. Uh, I mean, it tells you very little confidence in the competence of uh, the National Transport Authority. No, I don't have any confidence in that. So report. would you, dis- told, would you disband them? I told them that to their face when they appeared before the Public Accounts Committee. I said, don't come forward with rubbish reports where you've actually used a private consultant to take the journey times from Navan into Dublin at peak hours in Derma. They study from 8am on. 8am? Everyone's on the road from half past five to six o'clock in the morning. The consultants they hired must have been still in their bed when they came down to look. Sure, they didn't think there was any problem because there was no traffic on the road because everyone was gone. Oh, it was nonsense. Absolute nonsense. The report needs to be shredded. It will be shredded. I demanded that at the Public Accounts Committee. And if they needed a report, they don't have to go and hire new fancy private consultants for big money. They can just take the current and the new county development plan for Meath, which will show them the projection of populations that's happening right across the area and also in the area of economic growth. Okay. There is a plan within the, the county development plan to try and reverse that and get more inward investment okay. in the county Meath as well. I've run out of time, but thank you very much indeed uh, for stuff, joining us on the programme this morning. Shane Castles is a TD in Meath West and is standing for Fianna Fáil in uh, the general election on the 8th of February. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. Now let's find out what you've been saying to us. Marie Kearns uh, joins us with some of uh, the calls and text messages that have been coming to us this morning. Good morning to you, Marie. Good morning, Michael, and to everybody listening in. Lots of people in touch already this morning, Michael. Jim from Navin says, the criminal, listening to your interview mm. with Joan Martin, says the criminal activity is not the fault of the local authority, just like illegal dumping these scumbags think it's okay to do what they want and expect someone else to clean up their mess. This country is full of thugs and filthy idiots and there needs to be serious change in the laws to punish them. Well, there's no doubt about that. That's absolutely correct. I suppose uh, the other side of it is that people in Moneymore have been asking for years, why are the cameras not switched on? Why is very serious crime taking place underneath the cameras and nobody can see what's going on because the cameras are not switched on or they're not being monitored. Mairead from Drada says that she's a bit confused uh, listening into that interview. She says, were the cameras not in operation for financial reasons or was it because of data reasons that there was some concern over who was going to monitor it because it seems absolutely crazy to have cameras Mm. and for them not to be in use. Well, it's not for financial reasons. We can tell you that without a shadow of a doubt. It's not for financial reasons. There's three million euro available to Louth County Council and all of the councils across the country to run these cameras. Last year, uh, I think it was 22 local authorities uh, applied for funding and 500,000 out of the three million was drawn down. So that means the funding, there was a two and a half million left <coughs> over, uh, unspent, uh, and nobody applied for it. Uh, and we have heard that there is a concern over who is and who is not the data controller. And Joan Martin has said previously she didn't want to be the data controller and told us this morning that she had concerns as to whether it should be the council or if it should be the guardie. A month on from this being raised in, in the doll, now the lo- local authority is saying we are the data controller. Peter's saying he is flabbergasted that 
the uh, restoration of the cameras being in operation mm. is only happening now that this feud has been going on for the past two years and feels that it's an absolute disgrace considering the amount of activity that was going on in the Money More area including petrol bomb mm. attacks that uh, it wasn't in place sooner mm. and feels that the people have been let down mm. by their local authority over mm. this. Do you remember fellas walked into the Money More estate and started firing gunshots? Started firing guns in Money More. That's uh, happened. Uh, people will remember that happening, uh, I think, a couple of times. Uh, and uh, maybe it wouldn't have made any difference that there were cameras on them. Maybe it would have. Eugene says uh, about your interview with Joan Martin, uh, Michael, I noticed that she never committed to whether she was attending the parade tomorrow. I'm surprised you didn't get that confirmation from her or that you didn't ask the question uh, directly. I feel that as head of ca- the County Council that uh, she should be in Drogheda tomorrow, says Eugene. God, Eugene, uh, might be right. Maybe I should have asked. I just assumed uh, that uh, the Chief Executive of Loud County Council would be there. I never thought of asking, to be honest. Angela wasn't happy with your style of mm. interview. She felt you didn't have uh, manners during your interview, that you didn't let uh, Joan Martin talk. Uh, James from Drogheda says, thank you, Michael, for asking Joan Martin these questions. She and the council, I feel, have been getting away with a lot for far too long, says James. All right, let's uh, go back in time. Let's go back to what happened in the Dáil uh, a month ago. Let's not forget that the statement from the council was issued on Tuesday of this week. But last month, there was a question put to the Taoiseach in the Dáil about CCTV, community CCTV, uh, and if something can be done to get them up and running. Uh, because there was this question about who is and who is not the data controller. It was raised by Declan Brannock. The Taoiseach said that he understood it to be a problem. Declan Brannock had told him about it privately and that he was going to look into it and he was going to look into his, uh, or to ask his office to look into it. And lo and behold, a month later, Louth County Council announced that they're going to restore the community CCTV in the Money More Estates. This is what happened in the Dáil. Under the programme for government, we have a commitment to tackle crime and CCTV surveillance plays a large role in that. We have two schemes, the Garda CCTV scheme and the community scheme. The community scheme is not working. We have 22 applications have drawn down something around €500,000 out of a £3 million fund. I'm asking you, Taoiseach, and the Department of Justice to examine what statutory instruments or laws can be changed that the data controller would involve a combination of both the Garda Síochána Commissioner and indeed the CEOs of local authority to draw down this money and to deal with criminality and crime, and particularly in the border area. Relevant Minister. um, uh, Deputy, we're we're very keen to see the money for community CCTV drawn down, uh, but I know there have been difficulties in some places uh, around uh, deciding who or who is not the data controller. Um, But I know you've raised it with me um, uh, personally earlier on, and um, uh, I will ask my office to take a look at it and see if there's anything we can do to um, make these these, um, uh, programmes more operational. Taoiseach, Leo Bradker and Fianna Fáil TD for Louth. Declan Brannock, this morning, Joan Martin, the Chief Executive of Louth County Council, said that they stopped monitoring or stopped using, whatever way you want to put it, that the cameras stopped operating mm. because the rapid funding ran out. Ran out. There's two and a half million euro there, uh, according uh, to both of those gentlemen. Jerry was listening in to the interview felt that you should have let uh, Joan Martin talk and not be interrupting her. He says that Joan Martin didn't create this problem, Michael, and feels you're acting the maggot, playing to the barstool barristers, as he puts it. Loud County Council are not crime busters. 
Another listener says, whoever's on the radio with Michael Reid defending the on-use of CCTV cameras in Drogheda is, in my view, a disgrace. I think that the interviewee is passing the book at every question. Uh, a, a phone call from Anne who says, Michael, the bottom line is that those cameras should have been in operation for the past couple of years and whoever is responsible for them not being in operation has to accept criticism of it. So I'll park that issue for the moment, Please but do. we've lots Please on yeah. crime okay. overall yeah. and the election mm. and that type of thing. Okay. Lo- lots of people in touch. Uh, in relation to uh, Leo Varadkar's uh, admission that he did uh, dapple in drugs earlier on in his lifetime, mm. uh, Dave doesn't understand why there's such a big hoo-ha over that. Who cares if he or any of the other candidates did drugs when they were younger on the grand scheme of things? Does any of that matter when you look at the state of the country at the minute and the uphill task that faces whoever is in charge following the election. Well, I, I suppose lawmakers uh, should abide the law, uh, regardless of whether the law is right or wrong. If the law is wrong, uh, the lawmakers can change the law. Marion Trim thinks that the Taoiseach showed very bad judgment or example, by taking drugs when he was younger. And it was cannabis, I think I should say, wasn't mm. it, Michael? Yeah. Uh, particularly given that he is a doctor and that she was very disappointed mm. to hear this. Well, there was a question mark over whether it was just cannabis because in the Hot Press interview that he referenced, he, he dodged the other question, yes. but he made it clear this week that it That's was right. just cannabis, he, he said. Uh, but... Uh, I think when he gave the interview, he didn't expect to be the Taoiseach because uh, it was 11 years ago, if I remember correctly. And I think it was probably mm. the hesitation maybe the other night in that interview that kind mm. of drew a lot yeah. of, of, of... Well, that's it, because if yes. you asked, I think, last Wednesday or something, uh, the very same question didn't get any attention. Yes, mm. Tom from Cal says, whoever gets into government this time round will be laughing either way because even if they are thrown out on their ear in five years' time, they will leave with huge pensions and lump sum payments. Well, I don't know what gives them that impression apart from the fact that the ones leaving today are going out with huge pensions and lump sum payments. Mm. Jim was in touch from Navin. He says that there's a chance now for the people to vote for change. Stop complaining about how bad housing, health, etc. are and vote in a strong opposition if we are to vote in Vradkar and Martin, again, we deserve all that we get. Okay. John phoned in with regards to the story that was on the news about the person being stopped uh, in the Drogheda area that had no driving licence. Remember that story, Michael, for 23 years and says that uh, what about all the criminals that are driving around and having have mm. not been stopped? It just seems peculiar to me because uh, when you look at all the crime that's going on, uh, there's obviously criminals going around with guns and knives mm, in their cars mm, mm, mm. and says that it's, it's just surprising that they aren't catching these criminals. Yeah, well, it was one of uh, the uh, oddest stories, uh, I think, over the course of uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, because there's some been, been some very serious stories, including the terrible killing of a 17-year-old boy, Keane Mulready-Woods. But one of the oddest stories had to do with Keane Mulready-Woods, uh, because uh, he was fined, he was facing three fines for not paying the toll on the M50. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, because of his death, those fines have been quashed. Okay. Um can I get in one more? Yeah, please do. And this is on because it, it is an issue and we're getting a couple of calls in about it just in relation to the pensions and, mm. you know, the effect that that might have on people. And a listener says, raising the retirement age is all very well and good for those in warm, cosy offices on a nine to five shift when the heaviest thing they have to lift is a pen. Mm. <laughs> well put. Mm. However, mm. it's much different if you're working at an outdoor job out on all weathers, lifting heavy loads, doing heavy physical work on your feet 
all day from 8am to 6pm. Uh, they are worn out by the time they reach retirement age. Compare that to our TDs who are entitled to several pensions with a set number of years service. It's all a bit ludicrous, says okay. this listener. All right, well, thanks uh, to that lazy sod. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, Michael. <coughs> yeah, no, I know I, you're, it's. I am being facetious. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thanks uh, for that, Marie. Thanks to everybody who has been in touch. If you'd like to add to what's been said, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Our telephone number is eighteen fifty seven one five nine five eight. Michael Reed on, on LMFM. Now to another of our one-to-one getting to know you general election uh, campaign candidate interviews. We're joined uh, by Rory O'Murku, who's a sitting councillor in Louth, where he's standing for the Sinn Féin party. And uh, a very good morning to you, and thanks for coming into us. Morning, Michael. Uh, tell us why uh, you would uh, uh, suggest to people they should vote Rory O'Murku number one. I would suggest they should vote for Rory O'Murku and also for Amelda Munster. For myself, on the basis of being a United Irelander, um, and I think the United Ireland question is coming up on doors. People are talking about it. Everybody's talking it, bar the government. Mm. Um, beyond that, I'm offering local representation. Obviously, Sinn Féin have a long history of that. And I believe if we can deliver two seats, that we can uh, offer the level of representation we have over the years. And beyond that, I would make the argument mm. that I will be uh, a local rep who will be on the ground, whereas with all the great work that Jerry Adams did on some level, due to his leadership, um, let's say the lead the the leadership projects and everything he was involved in, that occasionally took him out of the constituency. Whereas I'd say I would be here a lot more. Mm. Beyond that, I've already been working on many issues and. Unfortunately for us, some of them have actually blown up at this time of this election. We're talking about crime and drugs. That's something you just can't get away from at the minute, particularly given the barbarity we've had lately in Drogheda. Um, we have the healthcare crisis that obviously needs to be dealt with. Pensions is something that's coming up on every door. And beyond that, you could, for the last number of years, you couldn't have a political conversation that didn't deal with housing, mm. the lack of the high rents of and course. all of that. So yeah. these are all things that we've worked on. Mm. We haven't got sufficiently far on. And I believe as a TD, I'll be able to do more. I think uh, you've asked the crunch question yourself, which is to do with the resignation of uh, Jerry Adams. And uh, if uh, there can continue to be two seats for Sinn Féin in this constituency. Oh, I believe there can be. We had a very sobering local and European elections, and I'll quote Amelda mm. Munster on this. She said it gave us the necessary kick up the behind. Um, I think Sinn Féin, particularly Mary Lou, Ono Brin, uh, Pierce Doherty, have been out offering solutions. Mm. And we were getting this back on doors, a dissatisfaction with the government, an element of anger with Fianna Fáil. And if I'm going, I don't mm. want to use the term a feel-good factor, but an element of, here, we need a change. We mm. see you as a viable option uh, and, and general support, both from people who supported mm. us before mm. and mightn't have voted in the last but election. But there's often been dissatisfaction with mm. uh, the government, so they vote for the other crowd. <laughs> and that's the way it's been, uh, I think, for most of our lifetimes. Uh, and there's, for a very long time, been a Sinn Féin seat in Louth uh, since Arthur Morgan took that seat. Uh, but when he retired and Jerry Adams came in, he brought such a huge vote with him because uh, of his uh, profile that he managed to get a, a second TD elected. Now you're on the back foot. 
Yeah, well, I said we had the sobering local election, but we've had really good by-elections. Mm. But outside of that, you, you no, don't have Jerry Adams. You know, no, we you, don't you have don't Jerry have Adams. That big no, ticket no, and player. that's it. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, whatever yeah. you can say mm. about Jerry Adams, mm. he definitely had name recognition. Mm. Mm. No, you, when Jerry Adams walks down the street, kids will always want to get mm. um, pictures and selfies. He, you know what I mean? Given his role in the peace process, given his role in in history, mm. like Jerry Adams will be remembered when many of us aren't are, mm. are, are soon forgotten about. But the thing is, I think there's an element out there of people that they want change mm. they're looking at us um, and I think our campaign down to the activists on the ground the councillors all our entire our entire team are doing serious work and we're getting mm. a serious element of positivity back and I believe we always thought with mm. a good ground game that even if Sinn Féin wasn't necessarily in the place we, we were before that myself and Imelda Munster could take two seats okay. but if mm. and I'm not saying mm. I buy these poll figures it's the old one mm. you like the ones where mm. you're going up and you dis- dislike or you disavow yeah. the ones yeah, yeah, where you're yeah. going yeah. down yeah. but I think I, we're seeing a pattern of general anger with the government and with Fianna Fáil and also an element of support for us mm. um, from people who may have wavered in the last while but think we have our act together who see, see us as offering real solutions whether that's housing whether that's crime or mm. whether that's um, the healthcare crisis. You said Sinn Féin is the only party uh, who is uh, supporting a United Ireland or a border poll uh, but uh, Sinn Féin has always been uh, the party that has supported a, a United Ireland and as soon as possible. The only difference now is uh, that you've uh, dropped your support for the armed campaign. Well, I'd say the, the, the difference now in this present period is that Brexit has changed the entire conversation. I think it's reawakened people's idea of like British involvement in Ireland is never good. It is always bad. Mm. It's about it's about suiting what suits governments, in, not even in Britain, in mm. England. And therefore, we are now. But we're looking at a, an all island economic union as a result of Brexit, so that's a, a step in, in that direction. The other political parties suggest that the time is not right for it now because feelings are so strong on both sides of the divide, and that you're looking at trouble basically if you move to a border poll. Well, some of the solutions that have been proposed in relation to Brexit were just dealing with the reality of Ireland being an island, and we accept that as being welcome. But the thing is, whatever Brexit brings, it's not going to be particularly good for us. We just hope we can mitigate some of the worst situations. I don't think it comes as any Mm. shock, as you said yourself, that Sinn Féin have always been in support of a united Ireland. And it doesn't come as any shock that the UVF have said that bombs will go off in Limerick. See commentators in relation to the UVF and the UDA Mm. and... uh, when you look back, and even in recent programming and whatever, in relation to the conflict, it has transpired, as Republicans always said, that these type of organisations were directed by the British state. See, if the British state is removed from that, you might have demonstrations. You could have something like that. But do I necessarily see that you will have a, a structured campaign of attacks on nationalists and of um, of I see of armed actions in the south. I don't necessarily see that. Of course, there's always room for danger. But the mm. fact is, Irish unity is a solution to the problems that we're coming at, at, at that we've always come at. But particularly what has been presented by Brexit, and then beyond that, we have two failed states with serious failings. We put together a single unitary state. We have an opportunity to create something that's good, that's better, that improves the lives for all our people. Mm. Uh, what about Sinn Féin economics? Uh, would you tax multinationals out of this country? 
No, we wouldn't. Now, we've obviously... We'll have a manifesto that will be printed within the next um, next week and everyone will be able to interrogate it. Now, due to all, we have always been interrogated in relation to mm. our financial proposals. So you wouldn't we, increase corporation tax? Well, what, no. What we are talking about at the minute, we are talking about, let's say, there's a two, there's literally two mm. billion that has been made by AIB, Bank of Ireland, mm. permanent TSB, and we're talking about a tax of in around 175 million on that. We are talking about an increase in taxation for people who are earning over mm. 140 thousand. Would you we insist reckon- on taking the Apple 14 billion? Yes. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. Mm. It's, and what it's, about it's, the it's jobs all, that might be lost it's, it's as a all, result? It's, it's all about priorities. Mm. You know, I mean, the government have always sided with mm. and have always stated what they can't do in relation to things like that. But they've never had difficulty in taxing or putting pressure mm. on people who are at the lower end. So we are we make no bones about it. Our priorities will be different. Mm. But you'd get 14 billion and how much would you lose then in income tax from the employees and how much would you pay in social welfare in keeping those employees in the dole? We at this stage do do not foresee that the only reason that these companies are in Ireland is in relation to that sort of setup. Like this was a determination by the European Union that mm. this money should be paid. Right. And see if there's any rectification. And because I know arguments are made in relation to it that the full 14 billion, it could be argued some of it should be earned by, let's say, Belgium or whatever. That all needs to be determined. But we have paid as a government in around, I'm going to say, like millions in actually defending mm. the legal costs of not taking this money. So we're in a real anomalous situation. But I have no difficulty in saying that the state needs to be able to pay for the services it offers its people and whether that's the taxation from corporations that should be paid or whether it's an increased element of taxation on really high earners, that's what it's about. It's about offering Mm. public service and you can only offer that if you have enough money coming in in order to do that. Are you demonstrating uh, the way Sinn Féin simplifies uh, problems uh, and takes a a populist position on uh, things? Uh, We were talking about crime a a moment ago and uh, your running candidate in Laos, the Melda Munster, said to me uh, that Sinn Féin was willing to do anything to crack down on crime when I asked her if she'd be opposed to the introduction of internment for these criminals. And then a retired policeman says, God, sure, you wouldn't be going back to that. Sure, that is so much uh, involved in our, our past and the problems with Northern Ireland with internment. But Sinn Féin uh, will put the glove on if it fits. No, what Sinn Féin have said, we've do, called... Do you support the idea of internment? No, we've called since 2017 for a review of mm. all emergency legislation. See if frontline Gardaí and senior Gardaí put together a set of proposals through the Ministry of Justice and we're looking at things that we think will impact. We will obviously mm. be open to any argument in, rela- the special in, criminal in, court? in relation to that. The thing is, the Special Criminal Court is an operation at the minute. Mm. The problem is, all courts in this state are, are underfunded, under-resourced, mm. and it takes too long to get Are you not opposed to the Special Criminal Court? We, we have been opposed to the Special, yes. special uh, Criminal uh, Court. Um, do, do, do you uh, favour its use in terms of tackling these gangs? What we have said is we want to increase the number of Gardaí. We have no difficulty. We want people to go in front of courts. We have. We want to ensure that there's protection for witnesses, which the Special Criminal Court doesn't deal with. Mm. And obviously the difficulty at the minute is there are a huge amount of people who are afraid to come forward. Mm. But we also say, um, like we believe the Gardaí have the capacity to deal with these gangs if they have the sufficient resources, and I'm talking about the ability, the technology to carry out all the overt and covert surveillance and operations that Mm. they need, because 
we have seen what, particularly when you talk about, about the you talk, you talk about, the, about the covert you, but you talk about these gangs mm. and you talk about these gangs pu- about putting the, information yeah. on, on social media mm. they are providing evidence mm. we need to use all of this mm. but there is no way that but you've told we, us, we have a gang you've we have, told we have, us before yeah. Rory or Marco that you know the people that are involved in this uh, and what about the covert intelligence I mean if a superintendent has that intelligence why can he not go uh, in front of a, a bench of judges who can uh, make a, a sentence based on, on that evidence without putting people at risk of jury service. Right. Well, if the chief superintendent is going to do that, he obviously has detailed information Mm. in relation to these people. My belief is... it's his opinion. uh, But my belief is, if he has the correct amount of information, he has the correct resources, Mm. he he can put the necessary tactical units to target these people... I am fairly sure he can get evidence and he can put them in front of the courts. Okay, well, he says he has the tactical units... My, well, a, lot of, I, a lot of problems continue. A lot of po- yes, a lot of problems do. But is there other uh, legislation but, that but could be introduced to support the guards? Any meeting to support uh, the people? Yes, any meeting I have ever had with the superintendent in Dundalk, with the chief superintendent, or other superintendents throughout this area, have always ended with we have insufficient resources, we don't have enough vehicles, we don't have what we need in order to do our job. So therefore, Mm. um, I accept that times um, when issues come up and they come on the airwaves, there's an element of politicking by senior Gardaí. But when you meet them, they will tell you they don't have what they need. So we need to give them what they need. We are proposing that uh, recruitment into the Gardaí would be increased to the just max of 800 ju- a year. Just, just explain the politicking by senior Gardaí. No, no, are, are they political puppets? No, I didn't. No, that's not my thing. But I, but, but I imagine, you, like, it's very, there are very little instances where a Garda commissioner, for example, won't state that he doesn't have sufficient resources. Do you mm. know what I mean? But when we have met with supers and chief superintendents, they tell you they don't have enough. So I have to take them at their word. Hmm. And why aren't they saying it publicly then, if that's the case? Well, I can state they have said it publicly at different mm. times. Yes. We have dealt with meetings and they said, we can always... Mm. I'm, 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 I'm going to make a quote. Right, in Dundalk, we were lucky enough to have the setting up of a new, uh, of, of an organised dr- organized crime and mm. drugs unit. And you're talking about one sergeant and three guardy. Um, and... The super said, I'm very, very welcome and it's brilliant and these guys are really, really interested and they're using them and you can see targeted actions and you've seen mm. it in the last while. Mm. But he says, I could do it 50 and he actually stops. I could do it an army. Now, while also accepting that this isn't just crime and justice, we need resourcing for um, drug services. You've spoken about that yourself mm. even within the last week. Uh, we need to ensure that we have the money into disadvantaged areas, disadvantaged communities and supports for families where there are cases where kids who could fall by the wayside and the difficulty is you go into any area in any major estate and you'll be able to work out who the drug dealers are and the problem is there wasn't sufficient concentration on Mm. them they were let operate for let's say five and ten years so they became brazen they became brave they're better resourced than the guardy are so what we and they are also the bad example for these kids coming up Mm. so we need to ensure we deal with this at every end Okay, we'll leave it there. That's Thank okay. you indeed for coming in to us uh, this morning. Sinn Féin candidate in Loud, Rory O'Murakou, is a sitting councillor for his party. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM.
If you do go to vote on the 8th of February, you will, of course, uh, be voting on how we shape uh, the country going into the future. And this will be all the more important to you, depending on how old you are or how young you are, for that matter. We've a number of special features uh, before the general election, and we'll hear from some young people now in the first of our series of election views. Marie Kearns has been talking to young people at the Drada Institute of Education, Diffie. She's been getting the views of the students there ahead of the election on the 8th of February. I always do vote. I am 23. Since I turned 18, I voted. I believe it's very important. Uh, The most important issues at the moment in the country are the housing crisis and also mental health. So I believe that there can be a lot that can be done to change everything. Among students, the truth is many students deal with anxiety and depression a lot and I feel like there should be more counselling available for students off-peak to be able to deal with all of this happening. I vote for a particular party and the reason I do so is I look into what's been happening throughout the years with our current political parties and how I don't feel in favour of what they've done to our country. So I look to a different party that I feel will benefit our country a lot more. Uh, Yes, this will be my first time voting. It's a big thing then to have your vote for the first time. Are you thinking about who you're going to give that important vote to? I haven't really thought about people yet, but I usually do go for people rather than parties and their policies. And, you know, it's better to have someone who, like, their agenda rather than the party's agenda because that's what they're going to be fighting for. So if I was looking for your vote, what would you want me to do for you? Um, I'd want someone who would tackle the crime lately in Drada and the surrounding areas as well as you know, stuff like the Susie Grant and housing and, you know, infrastructure and development of the area as well. It is stressful knowing that, you know, the housing prices are so expensive and I probably won't be able to move out until I'm like 40. So <laughs> it's stressful. Have you ever voted before? Uh, yeah. It's important to you? Yeah, definitely. I think it influences a lot what happens in the country. So it should be important that everybody gets out and votes, even if it's not the same you know, just get out and put your vote in there. I think it's very important that the younger people in our generation go out and vote. Do you have faith in politics? Mm, well, yeah, I guess. I think if the right party and the right people are in charge, I think, yeah, we could have a really good government. For you, what's your biggest concern for this election? Mm, probably homelessness at, right now because it's just gone up so much in the past two years and there's people suffering every day and I'm lucky enough to have a home for myself, you know. But there's people out there you know, sleeping on the streets and, you know, feeling the cold and not having anybody to turn to. And I think that's really, really important, especially for children. Children are out of education because of this. You know, every child has the right to education. I think this should be something that everybody's worrying about, even though if you're safe at home, you know, there's still someone out there suffering. So I think it's really, really important that you vote for people who stand for your beliefs. The general election is coming up. Does it have any interest for you? Um, no, I haven't been prioritising voting for political parties as of now, but I will in the near future. Do you ever vote? No. And what age are you? I'm 22. And is it not something you feel you should be doing if you want issues to be addressed that you're concerned about? No, it certainly is something that I should be doing. Um, and I definitely will in the near future. But as of now, I have, I've had different priorities. And I do believe that in order for things to change in Ireland, like people should start voting as soon as they can, as soon as they are of the legal age to vote. What would be issues that would be of concern to you at the moment? Or is there any issue? Or are you happy out being a student? 
as of now, I reckon um, political parties should prioritise trying to fix this uh, crime issues that we have in Ireland that's been going on for the past couple of years and also try to improve um, some factors in terms of education, such as, you know, prioritising, uh, putting a bit more of an emphasis towards uh, performance management in teaching, because inevitably if uh, teachers do get, you know, aid and training in terms of how they perform, inevitably students will do better also. Uh, this is my first election, I only turned 18, so I'll definitely vote. So it's your first time voting, which is always a very special vote, I think. Are you listening to what the parties are saying? Are you interested? I'm very much interested, yeah, and I believe the biggest issue in Ireland is crime, especially here. Yeah, that has to be a, that is a very big concern. It is a big factor, because like, um, it is the big talking point around the town. Like, everyone you talk to will discuss it, and, you know, and... Th- there's very little solutions to do it, but like if there's a party saying they want to deal with it, you know, um, it's very important, you know. Do you have faith in the political system in this country? I do, because like um, people always say they're not interested in politics, they don't want to vote because they don't have faith in the system. But like, you, you do need to have faith because like Ireland was a, we, like, we fought for this right to vote and all this stuff. So we, need, we really do need to exercise that right to our full potential and you know it's not good enough saying you don't have faith because you know it's democracy it is democracy you know and um, it's very important because like if there's no no one there running the show it'd be, be chaos in the country I've no interest in politics whatsoever I just like never educated myself I wouldn't know who to vote for and why and everything got to do like that I'm asking you what age you are I'm 19 and you think that's something that you should try and change in the sense that unless you want the country to run the way you would like it to be and cast your vote, you'll never get an opportunity to be represented the way you want. Yeah, I do. But I think, like in our opinion, it's everyone's different. Like in the older generation, it's things to suit them when for students, it's a lot different. It's things that we should need now that probably won't happen for another few years in any way. So you don't have a lot of faith in the system? Not really. Like they... I do and I don't. Because I don't know too much about it, I can't say no or yeah. But from what you hear from other people, like I just, not really. Will you ever vote, do you think? Yeah, when I when I know what to do and how to go about it and the people and like which party to choose and what person and everything got to do with that. From what I'm hearing, maybe the politicians should be engaging them with young people more. They should be trying to entice you to vote. Do you think so? Yeah, I think they should make more of an effort with the young people considering it's it's our futures that they're kind of dealing with and the new laws and everything that they're trying to do is going to affect us more than the older generations that already know about it. So maybe they should be going into Diffie and doing a bit of canvassing. <laughs> maybe they should, yeah. Mainly housing. That would be kind of my main issue with the current um, administration. And what would you like to see done? Definitely a rent cap, kind of um, on rent prices. Well, there is a rent cap in some areas already, but do you not think it's enough? Uh, yeah, I think there should be greater expansion to it, like covering more areas. Anything else that would be of concern to your particular age group? Well, to our particular age group, um, as someone already said, uh, mental health, definitely more support to that. Yeah, I always vote. Since I went 18, yeah, I've, I've registered to vote and I've voted ever since. It's important to you? It's not so, it's so much that it's important to me. I just feel like you don't really have an opinion if you didn't use your vote. Like People love giving out, but if you didn't vote, what, like you can't really give out, I don't think. What determines who you'll vote for? I tend to just vote for people who, like, I see doing things locally. Like, I wouldn't necessarily vote along any kind of particular party line. Like, if someone's active in the community or 
trying to do something to improve Drada, then I'll vote for them. You don't have to tell me who it is, but have you made up your mind yet? Uh, yeah, I've a rough idea what order I'm going to vote in, but like, there's still been no one like, around the house or I haven't got any leaflets through the door yet. So. so no one has actively looked for your vote yet? No, not yet, no. I think there was one leaflet in the door, but... And do you think you're unique in your particular age group? Like, would most of your peers vote? A lot of my friends would vote, yeah. Uh, one of my friends even works in the polling station. He's big into it, but uh, he does politics in college, so he probably should be. The views of young people who are students at uh, the Drogheda Institute of Education, or DIFI, in uh, Drogheda, they took time out uh, to share those views with Marie Kearns for us earlier this week. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. The Mayor of Drogheda, Paul Bell, is with us, and we're going to talk about uh, the rally in uh, Drogheda tomorrow, the Stand Together rally. Uh, as I'm sure you're aware at this stage, uh, people are, are being asked uh, to gather on the Bridge of Peace at half one, go round to St. Peter's Church at two o'clock uh, to make it known to the gangs uh, who are operating locally and uh, to the policy makers and uh, legislation makers uh, what they feel about the situation and that they want something to change. Mary, you're very welcome to us and thanks for coming in to us and perhaps I will talk about some of the issues but let's talk about some of the practicalities if we can to begin with because I I think uh, there will be some people attending this. God knows how big a turnout or how small a turnout it it will be but undoubtedly plans have to be put in place. We asked Louth County Council this morning about road closures and uh, the Chief Executive was unaware of what is planned. Are you able to shed any light on that? Yes, I can indeed, Michael, because I've met with Angara Shea Connell this morning, the Chief Superintendent Mangan and Superintendent Andy Waters, uh, to go through what they require and what the the town needs to be able to conduct its business. Uh, the Garda Shea will be issuing a statement to LMFM in the, in the coming minutes, I believe, uh, to, to state the following. Uh, first of all, parking will be it's totally restricted in West Street, especially in close proximity to St. Peter's Church. Uh, the Bridge of Peace will close off on the Northern Brown Carriageway uh, from approximately 1pm. Uh, we will try to assemble in close, uh, adjacent to the Garda station. Uh, obviously, uh, West Street will be closed off and adjoining streets for the period of the of the march and of the rally. Hopefully, we will be able to get everything back to normal from 3.30pm. Uh, so Angarashia Connor putting the best foot, foot forward to try and make sure that the, the security at the event and obviously that traffic is managed. And we do apologise for any disruption there will be to business, mm. but this is very, very much important to the people of Drogheda. Um, in relation to medical services, uh, civil defence will be present, as will the Health Service Executive National Ambulance Service, who will set up their own control in the area. So I'm very uh, sure that people's health and people's well-being mm. and security will, will be taken care of. Um, I do understand it from um, uh, from communications this morning that Low County Council will, in the coming hours, uh, place the traffic arrangements on their website. Okay. Now, you said from the outset this was a non-political Correct. event, an apolitical event Correct. that politicians would uh, attend. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, uh, regardless of your politics, I don't think anybody can say mm-hmm. it belongs to one party or another party Correct. because all parties will be there and mm-hmm. all parties will mm-hmm. be represented mm-hmm. and a, a number of party leaders will be in Drogheda tomorrow. Absolutely. This is a, a gathering for our legislators. Uh, election 2020 will come and go and the issue will be presented to the next doll. So I've tried to use that term all along, legislators. Uh, I am very, very moved and touched by the fact that um, Antishok is going to come to our town tomorrow to stand with us, as is all the other party leaders, 
including Mary Lou MacDonald from Sinn Féin, Michal Martin from Fianna Fáil, Brendan Howland from the Labour Party, uh, Pat O'Sullivan from Aintu. Uh, these are the people who have confirmed that they will be in attendance with us and stand with us. We need that uh, because we have something to say to our legislators and I'm sure it's something that they would hear in other parts of the country. But Drogheda is on centre stage tomorrow. Uh, a message has to be delivered from the people of Drogheda and we want our legislators to respond to the ongoing situation mm. in a way maybe it hasn't been responded to heretofore. We're also very clear on one other message that needs to go out because it's starting to gather some degree of traction and understanding. We want the term recreational drug use struck from the vocabulary of the Irish nation. There is no such thing as recreational drug use. You're either a citizen that doesn't take drugs or you're a citizen that does take drugs. If you take drugs, if you fund the criminality that's ongoing throughout our town and our country, then you are partially responsible for what's ongoing in our communities. Okay, tell us a a little bit, if you will, uh, about how this came about, uh, because I think there was some surprise uh, this morning listening to the Chief Executive of Louth County Council about the local authorities' involvement Mm -hmm. in this. It uh, appears, from what Joan Martin told us, that the Council has made no funding available to this Mm -hmm. and no resource available to this. They haven't put bodies on it to assist you with in organising the event. I want to make this quite clear and and I would not have said this Michael only if you raised this question. Uh, Any costs associated with this is coming out of my personal resources. Just want to make that quite clear. I have no difficulty with that Uh, but that's the truth of it. Uh, so there are the things have to be purchased, such as uh, posters and um, the, the the banner that we will use tomorrow that our, our council will stand behind. Uh, they have been purchased by myself, uh, and that's no big thing. But if you're asking uh, with my interaction with council, yeah, there is no funding, uh, and there is no resource for this. The mayor. Uh, and uh, possibly one other member of staff uh, with the assistance of uh, other people trying to help. Uh, That's what I've been basically working with. I'm happy to work with that because Mm. the the council are stating it's not a council event. Well, then it's not a council event. Okay. What is it? What will happen tomorrow? If people come along tomorrow, uh, they'll meet at the Bridge of Peace Mm -hmm. and then walk around to St. Peter's. But what will happen in between? Will they see the Taoiseach? Will they hear from the Taoiseach? Well, the Taoiseach, I believe, is not going to speak tomorrow uh, because he wants to be with us. I did offer the opportunity for him to address uh, the community, but he's decided not to do that. And he wants us to be standing with us in support of us, but also the fact because of the, the election that's ongoing, the political uh, tensions that are ongoing, um, he felt, and quite rightly so, look, I'm not going to do that because I've got other party leaders who are equally as concerned about what's ongoing in communities will be present. So we're just happy to have the Taoiseach there and the other party leaders. But what will happen is that three people will speak from the community who are dealing with the fallout of drug use, of helping families with drug use, or helping uh, young people who find themselves in difficulties. So, mm. they're, they're, and uh, those three people uh, will take to the platform tomorrow, uh, as I will, and to try and articulate the concerns that we have. Uh, and what are the concerns? Are the concerns exclusive to Drogheda? Absolutely not. This, uh, what Drogheda has started off, and it's not just today, I have to look back to the, the, the last demonstration that we came together where people stood up for themselves and said, listen, we're not going to tolerate this in our mm. community. We have touched people right across this island, understanding that communities can come together, they can get a hearing with the legislators, and they can defeat 
this particular criminality. But it's not, as I always said, Michael, it's not just a Gara issue. Mm. It's also a community issue. But the um, various states of the, sorry, various agencies of the state have to assist in that, whether it's Tusla, whether it's the HSE, on Garda Shia Justice, Education. The local authority has a role to play, a very pertinent role to play. Uh, and I would have understood that from attending joint policing committees. Um, and so it's coming together, we can defeat this. Um, the legislation is one thing, but uh, definitely coming together will will have the desired result. And uh, I suppose some particularly violent incidents of late uh, spawned uh, this particular reaction and how people will make their views known by coming together, by mm-hmm. standing together by standing in, in Drogheda tomorrow. Uh, but uh, as you say, it's a, an issue that has touched people across the country in various towns and villages. But the specific feud in Drogheda has been felt in other parts mm. Very close to us, like Betty's Town, like Coolock, yeah. like Navin, mm-hmm. like uh, Clara Head. Yes. Uh, are people coming from far and wide? Yes, they are, yes. Uh, some people in close proximity to our town are coming to be here. They want to be here because they want their voice to be heard. Again, uh, this issue is touching a lot of different groups, a lot of different people, different age groups. It doesn't matter. Drug drug addiction and drug use and drug trafficking affects communities of all ages, from the young to the not so young. So we are reaching out to those people, telling them to come. Mm. I'm also going to appeal to local public representatives, councillors, be they in Meath, be they in Louth, be they in a borough council, a municipal council, to encourage people to come. And you can encourage people to come by being there yourself and giving that leadership. You don't have to say anything, you just have to be present. And particularly appealing to those organisations, sporting organisations and cultural organisations mm. that deal with the youth, who work so hard to keep the youth basically occupied and disciplined mm. and somewhere to go. By the way, if you've been yeah. watching television news yeah. over the last couple of weeks, you'll but, see uh, cameras in Cork and Kerry yes. and all over. The, uh, all, all of the political parties are going to be in Drogheda tomorrow. Mm. All of the cameras are going to be in Drogheda tomorrow. Mm. This is a once in a lifetime or once in every few years opportunity mm-hmm. to put spotlight on a, a particular problem. Yes. Well, we, we're, we're, we're prepared to have that fight back. And we're prepared to demonstrate to other communities, and that's why I'm asking for the people of Drogheda and surrounding areas, put their best foot forward. Don't be nervous of coming. The, the, the guard have assured us of security and all the rest. Come, put your best foot forward, be present, show the rest of Ireland this can be done. There's other groups around this country starting mm. to, to come together to alter. Oh, well, make, I, I make can tell clear. you, if anybody felt uh, afraid to attend last time around, there's certainly no need to feel afraid this time around. But all of the big politicians in town, there'll be plenty of uh, security yeah. and there's no doubt about yeah. that. If people are coming from outside of mm-hmm. uh, the town, should they arrive a bit earlier than half one? Oh, absolutely. And the Garda Corner are asking for that, mm. uh, especially people looking for parking and so forth. But please come as early as you can. Uh, we do, We also want to make sure that the, the rally has the most effect and also with the minimum disruption. And whether we like it or not, there's okay. going to be disruption. There's just one other point, Michael, I'd like to make. Very briefly. Uh, briefly, if I could. I'd like to thank the local media for their assistance, but I also want to pay tribute to this programme, to yourself and your team and LMFM as a whole for communicating the need for this rally to take place okay. and to encourage people to come. Well, all we want is everybody listening to us yes. to stand together stand with together. us tomorrow, half past one, the Bridge of Peace in Drogheda, Paul Bell, Mayor of Drogheda. Thank you very much indeed and God willing, we'll see you for our next programme on Monday morning at 9am right here on LMFM. Good morning, bye-bye. 
The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at LMFM.ie Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.